0: Howdy, howdy, everyone. I'm Daisy Blue. I'm your host, and this is the Abiding Blue podcast. My job is to ask all the awkward and weird questions that you want to hear about your favorite songs as told by the artists themselves. So with that in mind, let's get to today's guest. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for tuning in to the Abiding Blue podcast. This week, we are sponsored by, that's a drum roll, the Icebox Brewing Company, and I have Garrett here. And the audience goes wild. Man, this place is just packed to the teeth. If you aren't here, you should have been here. Come out. We're here uh, till the end of May. We're here every Tuesday. So I have Garrett here, um, who is the brewing master. Is that the right term, brewing master the master of, of brews mm-hmm. uh i've I, i've started drinking <clears throat> some of the brews so i might be a little silly here i don't like
1: to consider myself a master yet but um <laughs> uh, i i guess i go by head brewer that's what i do maybe head one brewer. maybe one day maybe one head brewer. day yeah. well,
0: when, when i don't do want to get too
1: big of a head you know
0: is it like karate where you have like the different belts
1: i think so i think so yeah and yeah. then once you get I to don't the not have master brewer. i don't have all the belts yet Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe like a medal. Maybe when we get a medal, I'll say that if, a medal. We, if we ever win a medal for a beer award or something.
0: Well, if if you're a brewery, wouldn't maybe you would be awarded by like the size of the cup or something? Yeah,
1: we got like a pitcher back there. Maybe if I just walk around with that, you know, then maybe I could be a then brewmaster. People will
0: recognize.
1: <laughs> if I don't cut my beard, grow it out a little longer, you know, yeah. that's what I got to do.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks so much for having us today. Absolutely, and, thanks um, for being here. Of course. So tell me a little bit more about what you got going on and things that people need to know about Icebox. I love Icebox. I love the live music here. Uh, I love the brews here. I'm I'm still a little bit upset about the whole monster cookie situation. We were talking about this earlier before. Yeah, they only have it during, like, the winter months, and Garrett was explaining to me why.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I, I get upset about only having that cookie you know once a year too so (laughs) that's kind of how it all started i ever since i was a little kid growing up my mom made the she makes monster cookie and and sadly the cookie lasts even less than the beer does you know the beer actually lasts like two or three months and the cookie we would only have it in october and uh you know we would wait all year for it on october 1st my mom would have it and uh and so what we decided to do i think it was my first year here I wanted to brew a beer, kind of in, uh, I guess, in honor of my mom's cookie.
2: Mm. So we
1: made a, the cookie I had peanut that. butter and chocolate chips and M and M's and butterscotch and vanilla and all this stuff. So we made a, a porter with cocoa nibs and vanilla beans, and uh, we did some uh, peanut butter extract, and we made this like really cool beer that. Uh, it was pretty close. You know? It's my favorite was pretty brew. Close. It's my yeah. favorite
0: brew that you guys do.
1: Well, thank you, thank you. Yeah, and we'll it's have only it again available in October. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's only available in October. But now I understand. <laughs> for sure, I understand why. Yeah, there's a story I, behind it. Yeah, and you were saying the reason why your mom only made the cookie in October was because that
1: because like, it's a monster for Halloween
0: i i remember i remember like a more noble statement like you know the things that are limited are sweeter or something that sounded much more i think uh, enlightened
1: our social media uh, representative put that it's for me it was just <laughs> okay all right <laughs> it's just it was for uh it was just always for halloween in our house so but the cookies were so good that's what i had at my wedding so I mean, oh, like, really? yeah, my mom, like, I told my mom I was like, I don't want a cake. I, I want cookies and ice cream. That's How did your
0: wife feel about that?
1: Oh, she was all about it. She loved. She it. was all about yeah, it. Okay, it was these idea. gotta be
0: good cookies then. Oh,
1: they were delicious.
0: Well, what else do you guys got going on? You have a, a brew in your hand here.
1: I do. Yeah, it's um, rosy. It is. It is a little bit rosy. It's the beer that we're releasing this week. It is a sour Belgian wit that we added blood orange puree and hibiscus flowers. It's tart. It's refreshing. Uh, it's nice and acidic and it has kind of like a nice, you know, floral to it. Color is also very great. Um, Mm -hmm. super refreshing, really nice this time of year when it's hot. Um, it's very tart. I got to try some earlier. It was very yummy.
0: Perfect for summer.
1: The sours kind of always like the sours that we do always kind of remind me. I, I like to explain to people that they're like, don't think sour in a weird way, like sour milk or anything like really strange. It's just like acidic. And it always reminds me of like hard lemonade.
0: It's kind of like a, a it's like a easy a per- way for yeah. me to
1: explain it to somebody. That is like a don't great think comparison. sour weird, like think like tart.
0: Yeah. You know?
1: And it's the closest thing that I think we have to, to something that actually doesn't taste like beer, which is kind of cool in a way. You know, so if you're a like, person
0: that doesn't like, if you beer, don't
1: like beer, you honestly might like the sound. Yeah. yeah. They are kind of like cider like to me in a way mm. they have like kind of that like cider like quality. So, and yeah. they're really fun to brew. We love doing them. They're really, really cool.
0: Well, I want to emphasize some of the things I was asking you about earlier, that Icebox is straight up local, 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 local. And the whole reason that you even named this Icebox is because it was uh, this particular facility that we're in at Picacho Avenue was, (laughs) I'm just going to say, an Icebox.
1: (laughs) It was an Icebox,
2: yeah. It was an Icebox.
0: (laughs) So if you want to support local, please support uh, the Icebox Brewing Company. What else do you guys got? What got going on? Um,
1: yeah, like so. Kind of speaking on that, you know, this that's that's why we called it Ice Box. This was an old ice plant, and mm-hmm. kind of our whole, uh, you know, like mantra and idea was to be a brewery that did uh, supported like the local community and supported Las Cruces, and we thought it'd be cool to kind of take these old buildings that used to be something mm-hmm. and change them into obviously here a brewery, but then also for the other ones like a tap room. So last year uh you know just shortly before covid we uh unfortunate timing but you know it's it's going strong <laughs> we opened a second tap room up on North Main like on Highway 70 uh we do like pizza and craft beer there it used to be a burger time location which oh, is like really cool so we kind of okay. like i remember going in there that first day and seeing uh like looking at it and And I'm not very, I'm not great at the whole visualization thing, but the owner, John is amazing at it. Like he can Mm -hmm. see the space. And I remember walking in Ah, there, I'm like, how is this going to be a tap room? (laughs) Like, I'm not really sure, but you know, it was, it was fun doing the whole project and redoing that whole building and turning it into like a little retro, like pizza joint. It sort of has like a seventies kind of vibe to it is what we like Mm kind of went for, um, and I love that location. Uh, it's been it's been really fun to do that. And then we took a, uh, for those that don't know, we actually have a third location now too. Uh, we took over a spot uh, downtown uh, where used to, the, Maine, yeah, used to be the on Main, used to be the Dragonfly, Fly. right? Uh, used to be Main Street Bistro. Before that, uh, we took that building over, and you know, we we really wanted to just kind of create these locations that uh, were. We're still the same great beer that we make, but have a different vibe, maybe a little bit like kind of different feel, different food, and make it really fun and exciting. And so down there, we call it the Boneyard Cantina. We do mm-hmm. tacos, and that's it's, it's a little bit more of like a restaurant feel down there. Uh, but we still have all the same beer that we have here at Icebox. Uh, it's been it's been going really well now that we're kind of like opening up and doing that, and that's been that's been really cool. Down there, we started playing around with a slushing machine, which is really cool. So we've been oh, making like beer no, slushies. Oh no, that's
0: dangerous. And
1: uh, I think we're gonna try slushies. to like move forward with that and keep that rolling down there because it's kind of like a cool that's thing perfect. for down that's there. That's
0: perfect for this summer. Mm-hmm. You know. A beer slushy? Yeah,
1: so for Cinco de Mayo, we, did, uh, we took our Mexican lager and we made kind of like a beer margarita. We like dressed it up to kind of taste like a margarita. <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
0: um, our, our guest, Chris Baker, was yeah. just about to walk out. He's like, I, y'all, I got the rest of my day planned. So we
1: did that. And uh, <laughs> for the other ones, we have taken some of our sour beers because they tend to do really well in there and they have fruit. Uh, so we kind of dress them up with whatever like the first one we did we had a raspberry sour and we We added some more raspberry puree and some strawberries and yeah, it's just it just tastes like a frozen slushy with alcohol in it It's fantastic <laughs> well, know, it's That great. sounds
0: amazing to me sign so, me up.
1: Yeah, so that's been a lot of fun um, You know as far as beers and what we've been working on we we've, we've got like a bunch of like cool things that have been coming out one thing that we are excited about moving into the summer is uh, we have kind of like are trying to change the game of like hard seltzers a little bit here. Uh, hard seltzers have been super popular and everyone's drinking them right now and, and I think that everyone is used to them being clear uh, and usually being flavored with like some form of extract. Yeah. Um, We've kind of I taken think a, of,
0: to be. I just think of frat boys to be honest <laughs> when I think of seltzer. I don't know why. Yeah.
1: We uh, have taken kind of a different approach, and and uh, we're actually adding like fruit puree to it, mm-hmm. so it has like more of a natural feel to it, and it's like actual real fruit that's in that product, which is really really cool and so, perfect for the summer. Perfect for the summer. Perfect we have a grapefruit one on right now that that uh, that myself and everyone in the brewery really loves and we're gonna kinda keep doing that production wise and keep that rolling. Um, yeah, and we just, you know, we've been producing a lot of kettle sours. They've been doing really well for us and we really love them, we really like making them. We've been doing a lot of hazy IPAs. Uh, we have a beer called the Hopsicle that, that a lot of our consumers and customers really love and they're really excited to probably hear that we're gonna do that as a core beer now. So we're going to start brewing that on a regular basis and start canning it. Trying to think what else we what else we have going on. Last week we released a Belgian wheat, uh, which I see that you're drinking right now.
0: Uh yeah, I, I, I was <laughs> I was telling Garrett at the beginning of this. I'm like I just I'm a wheat beer person mostly. So yeah. this is It's perfect. It's It's the I, I called it the standard beer. I just it's, like it's nice the, wheat.
1: It's the standard summer beer. For sure.
0: And that's all I need.
1: But yeah, we brewed it, you know, kind of for the warm weather. Uh, I'm enjoying that quite a bit. We did a beer called Janet's Brown that's still available. Yeah. Uh, It was a a beer that we partnered up with uh, Cares of Las Cruces to uh, give back to the local community and kind of pay homage to some, like, homebrew friends of ours. Proceeds of those four packs and those beers being sold are going to go back to Care, who... Who helps like local people of Las Cruces that get cancer? Helps them just like financially. Helps them get to appointments. Helps them do the stuff like that. And you know we are excited to be getting back to things like that now that COVID. That's amazing. Yeah, like I we're love just that. you know the the past year has been you know we've just been open close open close and trying to kind of stay alive and stay 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 open. Uh, you know, but now that we are open, we're we really want to get back to that because that's kind of like the that's really, like, the foundation of what we want to do here is we want, to, mm-hmm. we want to, like, have a reason as to why we're brewing beers and, like, have a story to tell with them and, like, and somehow spotlight or help out, like, our community while we're doing it. Well,
0: and, and our guest today, Chris Baker, he was just saying that that's actually one of his favorite brews. It he's just, He's giving me the thumbs up over there. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, uh, you can support a good cause and drink beer at the same time. Yeah, it's great. Beer isn't just meant for making trouble.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um,
0: and you guys also have a ton of live music. Do you have live music at all your venues?
1: We do. We we do not have live music at North Main usually just because our, our 70 location because it's kind of small. Okay. Uh, but we are now regularly doing live music here at our Picacho location uh, on Saturday nights. And then we're also doing live music at the Boneyard on Saturday as well.
0: Okay, Awesome. Well, Garrett, thank you so much for coming on today. You're the first sponsor that we've had that has been on the air with us. So I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for having us today. And um, yeah, and we'll see. Maybe we'll see you next week.
1: We'll see you next week. Okay, great. Thank you for having me. Thank
0: you. Thank you. All right. So now for our featured guest, Mr. Mr. (laughs) Chris... (laughs) <laughs> Chris Chris... <laughs> Baker, 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 Baker.
2: And crickets. <laughs> no, just
0: kidding. And the crowd goes wild! <laughs>
2: Woo! That was for Jonathan. They went wild for Jonathan, but... They give me uh, gentle nods of approval. That's all they do. They
0: for, was, Jon- for Jonathan?
2: Yeah, Jonathan Minus when he was on. What? Yeah, you guys went to... Oh yeah. Yeah, But for me, they just do. Just imagine. Just a just a subtle nod.
0: But we recorded that episode in his garage. Oh. So. (laughs) (laughs) At least we're in front of people. Something really weird happened
2: with that one, though. I got to tell you the story about that one. I told Jonathan already. Is I was driving to open mic two Mondays ago. Two Mondays ago. Three Mondays. I don't know. I think it was two or three weeks ago. Anyway. (laughs) So I'm literally listening to his episode. And I left my headphones in while I'm like loading in, and there's like three minutes left in the episode. And guess who walks around the corner while I'm listening to his voice, Jonathan? It's like Jonathan. Oh, that's and I was hilarious! Like, that's so weird that you just turned the corner because I'm <laughs> listening to your voice right now.
0: That's what happens when you're famous. Yeah, it's just you're mm-hmm. just it's like Notting Hill.
2: Yeah, it was it was crazy. <laughs> it was like Providence or something. I don't know.
0: There you go. Yeah, it's a god coincidence. See, uh, this this episode is going to be crazy uh, because I'm I'm cause we're at a brewery and I'm drinking yeah. beer, so it is, is going to be a lot like Jonathan's. There's like
2: episode. a beer coming. I'm just going to grab it from you. Yeah, that's perfect. Oh man, you that's like an infinity about, pool. You guys were just talking about this. Janet's Brown is such a good beer, and I was oh, like, yeah, this Jan- is the beer I want to drink while I'm up here. Podcasting okay, so cheers. Oh, yeah, cheers.
0: Okay, I-, I was about to jump into your new record, because it's a bourbon-flavored beer, but first we need to know who you are, Chris Baker. My name is Chris Baker. What's the genesis? Chris Baker. Um, I call you the local country superstar, <laughs> but you've done a lot of things over your career. Yes. Who are you? If, for anybody who has never heard your music, they don't know who you are, in a nutshell.
2: I mean, I'm just a regular guy. <laughs> <laughs> I put on my pants, both <laughs> legs at a time, just like the rest of you.
0: That's not how the rest of us. <laughs> <That's>
2: <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> there we go.
0: <laughs> amen.
2: That, that imperial, amen. that bourbon stout got me to a weird place, so this might get weird. Okay. Just, yeah, no.
0: Well, that's great. It's great for the ratings there. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I don't reads. know. I've been, I've been doing this for a long time, like you said.
0: How long have you been writing for?
2: Since probably the very first year I had a guitar in my hand, and I will really? not, I will so not it, play you. It came you, at the same time. I will not play you the first songs that I wrote.
0: Well, now I want to hear them.
2: No, it was <laughs> so. I lived in Abilene, Texas, when I first bought my very first guitar. I was living in the dorms, and I was just bored. I didn't have a lot to do. Um, with my spare time, because it was all just campus, I was going to a private school in Abilene, and I went there to play basketball, actually, which didn't pan out for me because I just didn't enjoy it. It was it was a job, which basketball never was to me. You well, know.
0: you're a tall dude. For those who've
2: never seen, well, which is really funny because on, on the basketball court, I was in college basketball, I was like the shortest guy out there.
0: How tall? You're six foot something.
2: one. Six, six one. Six one, and, and you were the change. short guy. Yeah, I was the second shortest guy on our team, yeah.
0: Dang, they yeah. grow them different out in Abilene, I guess, huh?
2: Yeah, it's just a whole different ball game, And I think mean, that's ba- what kind of got basketball me. Basketball game. Like, I mean, yeah, it's just a whole different thing. But anyway, so I had a lot Sorry. of spare time because I wouldn't play in basketball anymore at this point. And uh, I remember I called my mom. And I think I had, uh, I was actually refing at this time. I was a referee. I switched from playing to being an official. i never
0: called it, or I've never heard it called ref, reffing. Ref, reffing.
2: refereeing. I was Refer- a referendum. referendum. Refer. Anyways. <laughs> That's a lot of syllables.
0: <laughs> Polly's Okay, you were uh, talking to your mom.
2: And so I think I had like 120 some dollars on my bank account as a freshman in college would. And I went to Hastings because that was what, that was a thing back then. <laughs> Yeah, I remember Hastings. For the kids out there. Yeah, Hastings was it. You'd go there for your CDs. It was lit. Your DVD rentals after your VHS rentals weren't a thing anymore. Yeah. But anyway, there was this, what I thought was the most glorious thing in the world, sitting on the counter. And I thought guitars, like in my brain, I thought guitars were like something that only costed like two grand to achieve, right? I didn't think that there was like affordable guitars. Because I never really looked into them.
0: What? <laughs> yeah,
2: I just didn't realize <laughs> All that they were guitars like... guitars
0: cost two grand? Yeah, I
2: just didn't think that it was... So, and I guess in saying that, the only real instruments I'd played before that was like pianos, which I knew, you basically either have toys or you have real pianos. And there's yeah, no real difference. There's no in between, yeah. Because anything that costs less than like 500 bucks on a piano is... Is a toy basically piano. Basically a toy, yeah. <laughs> and so, that, I mean, that's like... That and saxophone is the only instruments I had any history with. And so saxophones are crazy expensive. And so I just figured guitars were the same. But anyway, so I see this guitar on the wall for $100. It's a silver tone across the top. And it was just, it was calling me. And I told my mom, I was like, I was like, so this is going to, this is basically going to make me pretty much broke, but I'm going to buy a guitar. And she goes, okay, do it. She, she said, um, seems like something you would get into.
0: Was your family always really encouraging of you as yeah. you oh, yeah. started to pursue yeah. music?
2: It didn't matter what what any of my siblings and I did, they were always 100% behind it. And so they were always great about, you know, the support side of things and just saying, you know, like, whatever it is that you feel like you need to do is what you should be doing, you know. And you started and,
0: writing around the same time that you started yeah, playing so, guitar. Yeah, um, so
2: actually a, a good friend of mine, and um, I haven't seen him in years, and I need to reach out to him again. His name's Gilbert, and we both bought guitars right about the same time. We lived in the same like floor on, the, on campus in the same dorm, and we would just go to each other's room, and we'd just sit there and strum, you know, like, dude, I can play this, listen... You do the cheating G chord, you know, like the two finger G chord. You're like, dude, did you hear that? You'd be like, oh yeah, check this out. This one's three fingers.
0: <laughs>
2: and then I'd be like, oh yeah, I learned this one. And then all of a sudden you put them together and you're like.
0: So it was just like one upping each other constantly?
2: Yeah, but also it was like. Like when he would do something that I couldn't do, I'd be like, bro, Whoa. yes, yes, you got it.
0: <laughs> so also encouraging. Yeah,
2: so Me it too. was 100% encouraging. And then I remember we went to a show and we saw Jason Boland, who is a Texas country singer. Okay. And he had this guy playing with him. and I mean, he was playing steel guitar and lead guitar. And I just remember watching his fingers just, just moving across that board, you know. And I was just like, we looked at each other and we're like, one day that's going to be us.
0: And it, and it happened.
2: And, and, you know, like, in that moment, I was like, I can't just be, like, chords. I got to figure out, like, other stuff, you know, like melodies and all these other weird you gotta things. You got to get the scales down. Yeah. And so... Who is, I mean, like,
0: the guitar player that you look up to the most, that has inspired you the most?
2: Um, if Jonathan's listening, it's Jonathan. Really? No, just, yeah.
0: <laughs> like, really, though. I mean, there's a lot of local so people. Um, Episode two.
2: There's, there's a whole lot of local people that I feel like you know, like, I watch them play, and I'm like, geez, like, I need to, like, figure out what they're working on and what they're doing, you know, like, um, even, you know, I, I played a show with Callista and Travis Manning this last week right? from the date of this recording. And uh, um, both of them are just fantastic at what they do. And, you know, I mean, I feel like, you know, of course, there's, like, the big names, you know, the Stevie Ray Vons and Jimmy Hendrix. We all look at those guys, you know, and... um like, for me, there's a lot of bluegrass guys that I've followed through the years, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, the
2: Ricky Skaggs and Marty Stewart. So, the, Vince Gill is a big one for me. Well, just I trying like- to learn some of that. Chicken Picking. You know, just that's not even Chicken Picking, but that was just some of, like, his riffs that I've learned, you know. Yeah. Because, like, you know, the 90s stuff is really what was still kicking when I started, you know, mm-hmm. like... It was the early 2005 was when I bought my first guitar, so a lot of that 90s music was still real big, and you know, like John Mayer, that like I think that was the year Continuum came out with John Mayer, so like anybody that was doing anything guitar wise was like, oh my god, we got to do John Mayer songs, you know? Yeah. So obviously him, but you know, like all these local guys, you know, like Jonathan, and you have you know like Greg that Jonathan talked about, and Scott Guthrie, and all these guys, you know, like. I've looked up I'm to these guys for a long time. I'm just loving that you're a fan
0: time. of this show. That's like making yeah. me super happy right well, now. Like, oh, you know I to You listened yeah. to the episode. Yeah. That's
2: but I so mean, great. like, <laughs> uh, you know, um, Isaac Ariano is another one that you know. Yes. I've kind of grown with him as well. You know, like as I was starting to really push some of my lead stuff, but a big, probably the biggest one that I would have to that I like have to shout out on here is Mark Klett. Because I was in a band with him for, you know, mm-hmm. like six years, five, six years. Definitely. And he's, he's been off in New York. He's been back and forth a little bit this last year with the pandemic. But uh, I just remember playing shows with Mark and I was just like, so he would do just these amazing sweeps and leads and stuff. And it's always so good with a song, though. Like, it's not just like, oh, my God, you're so amazing. But like, he would fit it in and, you know and we'd, we worked and we That did,
0: emotional component Yeah, we, we well, did three
2: albums together and stuff and I, you know, I used him on a lot of lead parts and everything but my big thing was we'd be playing shows live yeah. and he'd do this amazing lead and then he'd give me that nod you know the hey, it's, it's your turn take a lead and then I'd be like oh shoot, after that and I'd be like <laughs> and I'd be like yeah, we're that's mine that was mine but you go again Mark now you do yours because I'd get freaked out because I'm like oh my god did you hear what he just did yeah, yeah. but I mean so he's, he was a big one but also like the fact that he would do that I would go home and I'd be like okay so this is a song that he for sure wants me to do a lead on because we have maybe more time in the song for leads or stuff I'm like okay well I gotta do something that is close to what he can do mm-hmm. you know at least in my way you know And uh, there's like all sorts of little things you can do on guitar and stuff that make people think you're really good, you know? Like, just when anytime you hold a big old band,
0: just bend it.
2: You know, like anytime you do that, people are like, man, that was a great riff. (laughs) You know? Yeah, see? Well, that's
0: what I thought too, yeah.
2: And you do that, and people are like, oh, there's some emotion there, you know? And like the funny thing is, like they're not even the hardest thing in the world to do. But every guitar player makes the face, you know, like <laughs> you know, the stank face is what happened just stank now face. for those listening. <laughs> and that's that's Isaac in my trademark stank face.
0: Yeah, that's how I know you're in it.
2: If yeah, I look exactly. over, if we're
0: playing together, and I'm I'm just doing Eyes the G C D's, yeah, and he's got like this frown going on. Yeah.
2: I see it like people. People never take pictures of you when you're playing and you're like all happy and smiling. <laughs> they always take pictures of you when you either look super angry or your eyes are closed. Yeah. Or just some sort of terrible look. You know. That's that's the only time people will ever take your picture. That's it. And she's coming to take a picture, so I'm totally gonna pose right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna make just a smiley face. Yeah, that was that fun. was good that, timing. That was a perfect timing. That was timing. phenomenal that was perfect timing right there. Timing. <laughs> yeah
0: so um so back on kind of getting into the songwriting vein because you have two songs that are prepared that you're going to play for us today yeah and um do you have like a normal process that you usually go through what's the first song that you're gonna
2: well the first one is going to be one that was off my most recent album and it's called like i'm Fallen." and um i would say every song that i write comes from a different place like um, sometimes it'll start with a riff or mm-hmm. sometimes it'll start with, like I've written entire songs before any music touches them. And uh, um, I feel like I try to let it happen. I never really let a song be forced. You know, anytime, anytime that I've sat down and said, you're going to write a song today, you end up writing the most garbage piece of Yeah, it. that's always yeah. <laughs> just piece of trash and you're just you finish playing it you're like while you're writing you're like okay okay and then you hear it like as a cohesive thing and you're like oh my god garbage kobe
0: Crumple <laughs> up the piece of paper <laughs> yeah. except i write on my ipad it. so
2: i don't get to throw that away i just get to hit the delete button
0: and just hear it go
2: i found that i work way better if i do technology because like if if i'm somewhere and i get inspired or something like that you know just notes on your phone that's like the best I've, I've tried to use another other apps and stuff, but really mm-hmm. that's like the best one because you just put it on your cloud and then it's on all your devices after that, you know?
0: There you go. So obviously you're an Apple user. I am an Apple user, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So, okay, wait, let's get back to Like I'm Falling. Where did this song come so from? So this one
2: was... Um, I really wanted to to go down like a bluesy route. Um, over the last couple of years, I've really gotten into blues but I, I call it modern blues i got no idea really what it is it's just what i have worded it I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know because i listen to like standard blues stuff and it is not standard blue you know like i say that i write a lot of blues like
0: 12 bars blues. i say, yeah it's I not say, 12 bar blues. i say
2: i write a lot of blues but i don't think i have a single song that's 12 bar blues like all the way through you know like so i that's why i call it modern blues because it's Some mixture of, you know, like my background, I started with like Texas country type of stuff. And then I kind of eased more into country with one of my albums. And then I kind of went Americana folkish with one of them. But this one, I really kind of wanted to go more into the blues stuff. But a lot of the modern blues-ish kind of players, they label themselves more on the Americana side of things. Yeah. At least like the guys that I listen to. And so... um, I really wanted to go that route. And then um, this one just turned into just really fun for me too. Like I added like horns in there, which I'd never done and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, like all sorts of, I think the um, Lindsay Carlson over at Zia Country, she, you know, the they sponsor the podcast and yes. stuff with. Shout
0: out to Bravo Mike yeah, in Las Cruces Today. Definitely. Thank you for sponsoring. But I remember I,
2: I played this song the day of the release there on air on Zia Country. Mm-hmm. And she was like, whatever you did with your vocal on here, it sounds like you went riskier, and I like it because it's like there's there's like if I'm doing country, I feel like I always stay like super like safe, mm-hmm. you know, like anytime I've written country songs, I try to make you know like I have a deep voice, you know people are always like Johnny Cash, you know, and that kind of stuff the one here' the, so. the baritone yeah, you know. <laughs> I've written those songs, you know, where, I, where I've where i written, you know, stayed with a real deep voice and that kind of stuff. And um, and it's worked for me with, with stuff I've done in the past, you know. But um, I really wanted to just kind of test some of my limits with this one and see what I could do guitar-wise, you know. And, like, I wrote a guitar lead on this one that was, like, beyond what I, like, thought at the time I was capable of doing. Like, mm-hmm. and it was the first time that I actually wrote... um music sheets for a lead like usually oh, really? um, like if i'd recorded leads on one of my albums usually i would just see what comes out and this one i kind of star- kind of like jam it out i kind of started that and i had like some of these notes you know like some of those i had like in my mind you know So I started tabbing some of that stuff out and I was like, okay, well here's like the basis but let's like expand on that and then let's also have the horns accentuate some of that as well where they come in partway through the solo. And Mm -hmm. so I'm writing the song. You know, I'd had the song, you know, like the basic structure of it and I'd been singing it at shows and stuff. Kind of, I always try to do that. So anytime I write a song, I play it at at shows.
0: That's part of the process. Yeah, and
2: it really is, it's got nothing to do with anyone out there and I really won't say a word about it. I'll be like, hey, here's the next song. And I just won't. The song will end and I'll just be like, okay, thanks. Appreciate that. Next song is blah, blah, blah. And I won't say anything because it's not about anybody out there. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying it out and doing different things with it. (laughs) You know, and seeing the biggest thing. I forget who said it. There's a quote out there. I read it in American Songwriter Magazine one time.
0: Oh, hot dog. And
2: it said, um, make sure that when you write something that you're cool with playing it 5,000 times. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And there's tons of quotes out there, but it was like one of those is worded really good and stuff, you know. But it's like, you're going to play the crap out of this song. You better enjoy it.
0: (laughs) You better actually like it. And so, you know, like there's
2: been other ones that I've gotten like bored with. During that process, like, for example, I remember my song Where I'm From, from my album How Lucky I Am. Mm -hmm. I got super bored with playing that one, but I really liked where the song went. And I'm like, okay, well, what can I change to, like, make myself enjoy playing this? And then um, I got inspiration off a James Taylor tune, actually, with that one. And it it had two key changes in there that were kind of big reach key key changes, not just like a half step. And so I did that with that song, and then all of a sudden, I was like, "Oh my God, I'm having way more fun playing this song, and so that's the good thing about being able to like play them live before you ever record them is figuring out what you like and what you don't like and so for like this one like I'm Fallen, I really did get a little like bogged down with it because it's very you know like if I play it like I will today, mm-hmm. it's kind of just repetitive and it doesn't do it doesn't have a lot of movement and a lot of it is very like lyrically you know like the with the bare bones version of it without like instrumentation and stuff it's just lyrically driven and for me like that doesn't keep my attention mm-hmm. enough and so like i want to have changes throughout as different parts come in so like as i'm like recording it the first chorus just has you know like a like electric keyboard kind of sound like a um, like an 80s kind of electric keyboard mm-hmm. you know like 70s or 80s as that technology was kind of coming in i wanted to, everything with this album i really wanted it to have vintage vibes to it so i tried to not get very modern with anything i did
0: well and i love so, this song even yeah. even like the lyrically driven i find i think i found myself like singing it yesterday and, like, not even realizing it. I'm like, oh, wait.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's that's a good thing when you have a chorus, too, that's, like, pretty simple. Hook. You know, yeah. people can hear it once, and then they got it memorized. You know, yeah. that kind of thing.
0: But I love that your songwriting brain is more than just the the lyrics and the melody and, you know, the guitar. So, like, you are oh, a singer-songwriter, no. but I definitely... One of my favorite things about you as a musician is that you're a band leader. That's It's a selfish part that I like <laughs> about you, but... I um, you know.
2: It's, it's maybe a downside of me, too, in certain <laughs> aspects, but, but sometimes I just expect things out of people when I play with them, you know? And I just mm-hmm. tell them, hey, this is what you should be doing, not that. And, like, sometimes it works but, good with people, and sometimes they want to just give you the middle finger, maybe, but...
0: <laughs> like, I do what I want. But that you have this... that my my dad one of your bromances calls you the what does he call you the uh maestro Maestro. am i saying that right maestro maestro Maestro. and um yeah that's definitely how i see you too that you have an idea of what the entire band's supposed to do as a whole so the composition is 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 more than just this initial idea of the melody that you had right yeah
2: and that's that's usually been the you know, and that's something that Mark really helped me find in myself also. Mm-hmm. Because I remember, so like my first album, and we'll get back to that, we'll talk more about that later, but I literally walked in this studio and I didn't, I, I thought I was just like meeting some people and they were like, hey, record a couple of things on your acoustic guitar and let's just see what you think of how everything sounds. And then next thing I knew, like four months later, we had an album and I'm like, where'd this happen? <laughs> and I didn't know anything of what I was doing. And then I walk in to my next project two years later with Mark Collette and he's like okay so I want a list of everything you want in each song what do you mean <laughs> we kind of just did it last time we'd record something and be like hey maybe instead of doing the drums that way we do brushes and then we'd change it you know?
0: Mark actually made you do pre-
2: pre- pre-production
0: pre-production, pre-production. Yeah.
2: Jeez. but you know it was really good for me though and I started because then you start thinking that and then by the next project that I did with him, I actually had full demos ready to go where I did all that work and recorded stuff on my own, like, ready to go. And then, so I feel like every time I write a song now, as it, as it comes together, and I try to not only write on acoustic guitar anymore, too. Mm-hmm. I, I've written songs on the piano. I've written on electric on, And I feel like when you say on electric guitar, like... I would write an entirely different song, like, on a Strat than I would, like, on my Fender Hollow Body that I have. Okay. And, like, on a whole different song, like, on my D'Angelico that I have. And so that's why I've kind of... My guitar catalog has grown, my my guitars that I have. And changed a lot, too, because I feel like every instrument that I own, I hope that something else comes out of it. Mm-hmm. And so, like, Like I'm Fallen was written on a my D'Angelico, which is, like, a Les Paul style guitar. And... I even even it's so funny that like if I play the song on an acoustic the main riff doesn't come out of my hands like it doesn't happen as I'm playing it like I probably won't even play it today Like, and it's not because I don't know how to play it but it's like the D'Angelico Dan says do this and like the acoustic guitar just makes me want to go But the but the d'Angelico makes me want to be like And I like, have to force myself to do it just because I like I know my brain knows it, but like that's not where my acoustic guitar mind wants to take me.
0: Okay, so I know yeah. everybody listening to this is, is is actually wanting to hear this song. So uh, I'm
2: talking it up so much. Yeah, yeah.
0: so okay. now we have all this backstory. So can so we you, hear Like yeah, I'm Yeah, you know
2: some of it, so if you feel like singing some backup, of <laughs> Because I know you will, so...
0: I love, yeah, I'd love to.
2: <laughs> feel like I'm falling I got that wind rushing past my face Feeling like I'm dying What I said before I start to erase You see that I'm destructive I tear my own down while others thrive I say I'm too passive I gotta make my own way If I'm gonna survive Who was I before this? Who was I before this? Who I before this? I, before this line started passing me by Making my way now, I might move out east Shed this weight, I'm making my patchwork I've gotta figure it out before it gets too late But it's coming up fast now Making a change If I'm gonna revive Are you coming with me? It's coming up soon So you gotta decide Who was I
0: before this?
2: Who was I before before this? I, before this line started passing me, hitting that road now. Tread of my tires, losing shape. I'm taking this chance now cross every mile through every state but I'm not looking back now might be my time to shine coming up Memphis it's coming up soon, gotta decide loser fell down deep inside, who's I for this I before this? who's was, who was I before this? who was I before this, this life, it started passing me by. Thank you for singing on that too. And the crowd goes
0: wild. <laughs> I'll have to listen to it back and if I don't like it, I'll just take out Oh my god. <laughs> just take the vocal out. Oh my god.
2: Doesn't oh. count. She's saying. So if it's not in there,
0: <laughs> it's it's not Chris's be angry. fault.
2: <laughs> I want to hear I want to see angry comments in the comment section.
0: Okay, so what about this um the next song, you, you kind of alluded to it because I was asking you about it earlier. Yes. That it's uh, an older song that you wrote and that you're yeah. revisiting,
2: So I've got, this, I've got this crazy idea, and we'll see if it all ends up coming to fruition. But um, there's some of my songs that um, I listen back. So I've, I've, I've kind of, you know, I've been writing songs since 2005, 2006, kind of in that... In that uh, um, I'm out of time and I look back and honestly, I think some of the songs were very well written and I, am still very proud of the song itself. Some of my old songs, I'm like, Oh my God, let's get that off the internet. <laughs> but I look back at some of them and I, I feel like there was something there, but I just didn't know what I was doing. And you know, some of them I also really like, but I've also through the years, um, Of playing them live have kind of maybe changed them or done um found different kind of fun ways to do them as well and so i'm gonna do this whole like that's actually a really good word i might steal that chris baker revisited or something like that (laughs) yeah
0: chris baker revisited because
2: i I can't call it greatest hits because none of them have been hits you know like so um,
0: I like Revisited yeah. yeah and honestly yeah. you've been talking about this for a long time yeah, I, I remember parking lot chats after open right, mic yeah, of, of you wanting
2: to re-record some of these and so, older um, tunes I've done a couple of them where I've started off um, and I showed you one earlier And uh, um, but this next one um, my mom and I actually wrote this one back in 2011 um, so it's been 10 years since we wrote this song and uh, um, so it felt like the right time to kind of start and let this be the first one that I did and dove into and I really want some of my family to sing on it too if I can get them to do it just because it's it's something and my family has land up in northern New Mexico and like growing up um, if we went on vacations it was almost always there to, Mm. to the land that we have and we'd go and ride four wheelers and my brother and I had like a tree we called our own you know and we loved it when it would be raining or snowing up there and that was like a big part of our memories. And uh, it's up near, um, it's like southeast of Taos, northeast of Las Vegas, if you know that area at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, just big mountain land and it's, it's beautiful up there and it's just part of who we are as a family is really that place. And um, the way it's looking now, you know, we probably won't own it much longer just because we're we're probably going to have to sell it just cuz there's not really anybody that's able to spend enough time to go up and keep it up and everything. Yeah. So right now just feel like the right time to really dive back into it and get this song kind of out there in a more I mean, not to say I didn't know what I was doing back then, but I didn't know what I was doing back then. <laughs> <laughs> I I feel not like I listened back it. and I just I just didn't know who I was going to be like I didn't even really think I was making an album that I was going to continue to be a musician. Like, at this time, I that was working at this was just, like, the, a one-hit type yeah, deal. Yeah, like, at the, when I made that album, I was still working at the Missile Range, thinking that I was going to have, like, a professional career. So, like, I thought music was just something I was going to kind of do. For fun. Yeah, and so, like, I didn't really do an album on purpose. And so I listened back to that album, and you can tell, because I feel like my vocals just sounded lazy. I didn't. I didn't really know how to enunciate good. That's something that I've actually read about and I'm totally going to say it's only because I have a deep voice, but I've read that people with deep voices have a hard time with enunciation.
0: Uh, but I like how you enunciated the word, the word enunciate. enunciation.
2: But and so it's something that I actually had to majorly work on as I sing is to like make words sound legible, you know, like
0: <laughs> it's, it you got to hit the consonants hard is what and, it is.
2: Yeah, and, and also, you know, like find <laughs> Yeah, and you to me, like, I've told you the stories before that, like, I remember um, doing the song Cotton Flowers and Mark Clitt telling me.
0: Cotton! Because
2: he was like, cotton just sounds like one syllable the way you say it. Because I was saying it like a Texan, cotton. Cotton. And it's like, it's almost just like you're saying con. But, like, there's, like, a little, like, Co- oh, hiccup cotton. in the middle of it. It's cotton. just like cotton. 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 That's how they say it out there. Cotton. It's almost like con, but there's like a pause in the O, you know? And so I would be like, little flowers. And he's like, so first off, it sounds like you're saying a bad word. But but, second off, and he so he would make me sit there and say, Katana, Katana. Yeah, she's laughing at that. She liked that one. That was a good joke. But... So, it's, like,
0: just, it's just it's such a precious endearing song to it just, is so yeah. to think that that word could have been mist- mistook for yeah, that yeah so
2: I literally wasn't saying the word cotton at all and so he made me say cotton like a bunch of times and go na at the end of it cotton and he would like make me like in the microphone hear myself like being ridiculous about it because he was like I'm gonna make you do that and we're gonna find a way that you say cotton normally <laughs> And then we'll find that balance in there. But anyway, so... so is this next song back. you're
0: going to play, Cotton Flowers? No, or this, is one it is,
2: this one is the one about uh, um, my family um, land. It's called Holman. I used to call it Holman is home, but now it's just called Holman because that's what everybody started calling it.
0: Can I sing on this one too? Yeah, definitely.
2: Okay. Mountain in my heart It's always been a place to escape, and a place to live. It's a beautiful scene, tucked quietly in. Mountains of majesty, hills of serenity. Wind whistles through And rustles the trees The memories rush fast Feel like that breeze And the winter is white Freshly fallen snow Foggy breath on a window Covered hills below In Place I love is home. Memories live in home. My heart, it meets some, feels just like home in home. Always remember The sound of the rain As a beat on a tin roof On a perfect day Climbing up our tree Taking four-wheel rides Listen to the coyotes How the night in. oh Place I love is home, memories live in home, my heart it meets the sun, feels just like home in home. In the whisper time it calls me. I think a creek bits neath the tree. The starry skies and clouds upon me. I think it's time to go back home. I love is Oh Man Memories living Oh Man My heart It needs some It feels just Like home It feels Just like home my home that's my home my home (laughs) gotta throw in the whistle at the end there my buddy Daniel Park playing the the violin on that yeah (laughs)
0: stuck the landing
2: yeah good job on that too by the way that yeah was good killer. job to yeah, you too yeah, yeah. here you go Fist Fist bump. there.
0: all right christopher we're we're about the end of this episode so yeah. people now have heard this episode they're now massive huge chris baker fans <laughs> they want to get the merch they want to buy all the cds they want to be at all the shows how do people find you
2: um, Chris Baker dash music dot com. Or they can go to any um, Facebook, Instagram. I'm under Chris Baker Music.
0: Chris Baker Music. Because yep. there's more than one Chris Baker. Yes. So people don't get fooled.
2: Yeah. There is also a Chris Baker out there doing some yoga. Very calm really? <laughs> calm music. That is not me if you come across that, just so you know.
0: There's also like a worship. Chris Baker, that's on Spotify too. Yep,
2: yeah, that guy has that guy. I've actually spoken with that guy because he has the official like Chris Baker music on um, something without the dash. Okay, I don't know if it's ChrisBakerMusic.com, but he had something. But I emailed the guy, and he was like, "Oh no, I'm planning to start restart my music career in the next twenty to thirty years, so I won't give you the domain name." All
0: right, well, (laughs) so shout out to that guy. (laughs) Good luck in
2: twenty. 45
0: (laughs) 50 yeah keep on keep on going yeah right cool well chris honestly you're not one of my favorite musicians you're like my favorite musician to play with always so excited to see what comes next for you and always rooting you on and being your one of your biggest fans i appreciate it thanks so much for coming on today thank you Thanks and to thanks, Icebox, yeah. Right? Thank you to Icebox Brewery for having...
2: Literally, come this. drink their beer. It's like the greatest thing. Yeah. Come I drink so much music. Icebox beer. It's not even... Yeah.
0: It's good. It's good. So one last cheers. Cheers. Salud.
2: Salud. Salud. And, we'll,
0: <laughs> and we'll hear from you guys next week. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Biding Blue Podcast. If you enjoyed this show, please help us grow it by leaving a review and giving it a share. If you'd like to be considered as a guest for the show, please contact us through bitingblueproductionsllc.com. We'll see you next week.